Hey guys, it's Simmy, and this is Brussling Unlimited, as it's Monday, and that means tonight was Monday Night Raw. Now, I don't know if anybody else felt this way, but this show felt like it just scooted by. Like, it went by so quickly, in a good way, started off with the really, really good opening match, ended with such a banger of a main event. I mean, I feel like this was a good Monday Night Raw. We do have Daniel Molinax in the YouTube chat, who subscribed or actually, yeah, subscribed as a channel member on YouTube. Says, I felt a little bit bored watching Raw tonight. Interesting. It's a very interesting comment because I liked the show. Now, there were a couple lull spots, but not everything is always going to be perfect and great. There's always going to be a couple things that's not for everybody. But regardless, I thought the nice show was really good from start to finish. Went by really quickly. Like, those three hours just flew by for me. And so, I guess, I don't know. Today, in general, just felt like it flew by for me. I just felt like the whole day went by very quickly for me, so maybe that's what it was. But let me know in the live chat what you guys thought about the pacing of the show and the show just not feeling like a normal three-hour Raw, but a, honestly, two-hour episode. It really felt like I was watching a two-hour SmackDown, but over three hours, which is not what you get usually. Overall, I would... Rate this a better episode of Raw than normal. Like a above average Raw for sure. But with that, I want to say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited. YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. And podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Remember, if you are watching live on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can help us out by hitting that donate button down below or by donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also, remember, you can help us out by subscribing to the channel one. Of two different ways. You can either subscribe with a tier subscription or you can subscribe with Amazon Prime. Because remember, if you have Amazon Prime, then you have Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool things like free games, free stuff for games, and you always get one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to throughout the month. And I'd greatly appreciate it if you did right here Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Also, remember to head over to YouTube, hit that subscribe button. Then hit that join button, just like Daniel Molinax did to become a channel member. And also remember, you can submit super chats in the live chat as well. All super chats, make sure that your question, comment, or concern does get read live on the air. And also, it does greatly, greatly, greatly help the channel. And finally, head over to the Epic Game Store. Head over to the Epic Game Store and buy something. Whether you're buying a new game, whether you're buying an old game, whether you're claiming a free game or getting bucks for Rocket League, Fortnite, or Fall Guys, use this code right here, PWUNLIMITED, at checkout, and you... Will be supporting us at no extra cost. Fortnite just dropped their huge new update. Big stuff on the horizon. They've got Fortnite Lego mode coming. They've got Fortnite Festival mode coming. They got Fortnite Rocket Racing coming. Also, they've added so many new things into the new season weapon mods, wall jumping. You can now heal yourself while walking, like crazy stuff. Big, huge update. Go get that battle pass and use this code PWUNLIMITED at checkout. Or Fortnite or any other Epic Games game. We will be playing some Fortnite after this stream, twitch.tv forward slash Timmy Buddy, checking out the new Fortnite season. Haven't played it yet because it dropped yesterday and I was in LA at Universal Studios all day yesterday for like 13 hours. So haven't checked it out. Didn't have time to do it today because I had to catch up on stuff I didn't do over the weekend because I was gone. Also, not wrestling related, but. I went to Universal Studios. It was my second time ever being there. My first time being there since they opened Super Nintendo World. 
Now, I do have to say, I do have to say, Super Nintendo World is cool. It is cool. When you walk into it, you go, oh, wow, this is, this is awesome. And then about 30 to 60 seconds later, you go, this is it. This is all it is. Also, so when you're in there and you look over where the uh, Bowser's Castle is to go on the Mario Kart ride, it may look like there's not a long line. But then you don't realize that you're zigzagging all the way up into the castle. We waited, not knowingly, an hour to get on the Mario Kart ride. If I knew that that wait was going to be an hour, I would have said no regardless. But then going on the ride and knowing I waited an hour, I'm actually kind of upset with myself because the ride is just eh. If you go to Universal Studios and don't want to wait an hour, granted, I was there in early access. If you pay an extra 20 to $25, they let you into uh, Universal Studios an hour early just to go to Super Nintendo World. And even at that, the line for the Mario Kart ride was an hour long. I waited in it because I didn't know it was an hour long. Didn't realize till afterwards, look at my watch and go, holy crap, I got in that line an hour ago. So I would say, go experience Super Nintendo World. It's really cool. It's the perfect thing for kids. I will say that. My son did not want to leave that area and actually got upset when we said we have to go do other things. But regardless, go check out Super Nintendo World at Universal Studios Hollywood. You won't regret going for it because there's so much more you can also do as well. You can do everything in the park in a full day. I'll say that for sure, especially if you get the early access, because you can experience Super Nintendo World in an hour. You can for sure get all that out in an hour and then do the rest of the park. But go, don't waste your time on the Mario Kart ride, because basically all it is is you're in a car, and it just takes you along this track, and then you have AR goggles on, and you're shooting things. And eventually it kind of just gets meh. And the other three adults that I went on the ride with, because it was three adults, two kids, both all, uh, they were all like, man, that made me motion sick. Didn't me, but it made all of them motion sick because the AR stuff, and they have really bad eyes anyways. Like their glasses are way more heavy prescriptions than mine or whatever. But yeah, just a heads up. If you ever go to Universal Studios, check out Super Nintendo World. Get the hour early access. So instead of going in at like nine, you go in at eight, but don't waste your time going on the ride. Don't waste your time on the Bowser's Castle Mario Kart ride. Also, if you want to eat at the Toadstool Cafe, make sure the first thing you do when you get to that park is make a reservation because 30 minutes in at 8.30 a.m., they pulled a sign out and said, all reservations booked up for the rest of the day for Toadstool Cafe. So even if we wanted to eat there, we couldn't. Could have if we knew, hey, hurry up and get a reservation, but we didn't. So once we saw that sign at 8.30 a.m., 30 minutes after it opened, we were like, oh, crap. So that was a little unfortunate. But yeah, Universal Studios love it. We're going back in a couple of months already, saving up the money, make sure we got it for whatever and everything we want to buy and experience. But you can do that entire park in a whole day. The only thing we didn't do was ride Transformers because I was like, eh, I've done it, and I knew the kids weren't going to like it because it's like you're sitting in a thing, you're watching a 3D screen, and it's just moving you like this. And my kids don't do well with 3D because they have glasses and all that stuff. And we didn't do... Actually... No, we didn't do Life of Secret Life of Pets because we tried twice, and the ride was down both times. But we were able to do everything else. It was awesome. 
You can literally do all of Universal Studios Hollywood in a day. Easy. And that's with 45 minutes to an hour waiting for the Hogwarts Christmas show on the castle and then waiting another like 45 minutes or so for the Grinch Who Stole Christmas Whoville tree lighting thing where we had to wait around for those shows to start. Even with that, two hours or so of time just sitting, waiting, still worth it. I want to thank um, Fire Night Tales for the cheers, the bits. They state, just a question. If you were to take a guess at when Damien were to cash in Money in the Bank, when? Ooh, that's a good question. This is something that I was asked recently. And it's like, I don't know. It all depends now on the CM Punk storyline. Is the CM Punk match at Royal Rumble or WrestleMania? That's the big thing. If it's at Royal Rumble, then I could see it happening, I don't know, before WrestleMania. But if the CM Punk match is not till Mania, then it's got to happen after Mania, and then it might feel a little like, what the hell? Why is it taking so long? He's going to hold his briefcase forever. Because I don't think Damian Priest fails. I really don't. I don't think CM Punk beats Seth for the belt. And I don't think um, Damian Priest fails. I think Damian Priest is going to take that belt from Seth Rollins. And so it all really depends on when the CM Punk matches. And so it's like, if the match is, is Royal Rumble with CM Punk and Seth, then I think between Rumble, so February and April in that time frame. But if it's not till Rumble, then of course it's a cop-out answer. But after, sometime between April and July. But like on a specific show where? I don't know. I honestly think though, how great would it be story-wise if Seth got cashed in at WrestleMania? Got cashed in on at WrestleMania because he cashed in his money in the briefcase, bank briefcase at WrestleMania. That would be an interesting thing to look at. What if, because the story's there, Damian Priest does to Seth what he did to Brock and Roman. Cash in, maybe not make it a triple threat like in that, but maybe WrestleMania night one ends. Seth has just beaten Punk. Punk gets mad and hits him with a GTS. And then now comes Damian Priest to cash in to close night one of WrestleMania. So there we go. There's my full big situation there. If the Punk... Seth matches WrestleMania, then I would say cash in after the WrestleMania night one main event. Of course, night two is probably going to be Cody and Roman, but night one, it ends with Damian Priest and maybe all of Judgment Day standing tall with the World Heavyweight Championship. Don't know if Damian Priest is still going to be in in Judgment Day by then. They're teasing the split, but that's my answer for it. I just had to think for a second. If this Punk matches at Mania, then I think... Seth beats Punk. Punk gets mad and hits him with a GTS. And that leads to Damian Priest coming out and cashing in at WrestleMania. And how poetic would it be? Damian Priest can be like, I did the same thing to you. You did to Brock Lesnar. Cashed in on him on the biggest stage of them all. Biggest stage of them all. WrestleMania. So, yeah. Yeah, that's my answer. Cash in at WrestleMania, if possible. Yes, Daniel Mullenax says, Karma can bite Seth freaking Rollins in the butt. History... Has repeated itself. Exactly. Exactly.
So, yeah, that's my answer. Remember, if you guys want to get your comments, questions, or concerns, read live on the air. Remember to either become a channel member, submit a super chat, or submit some Twitch bits in the live chat as well. Maybe a hype chat like they do over there on Twitch. Basically, Twitch's version of a super chat to make sure your comment, question, or concern does get read live on the air. But as far as Raw does go, that action-packed show, it started off with action and a weird Drew McIntyre. So Drew McIntyre comes out and goes, I haven't done this in a while. Welcome to Monday Night Raw. The bad Drew McIntyre accent. So Drew welcomes us to the show. He said, it's the land of liars, hypocrites, cowards, and idiots. He said, you get fired, you get released, leave, and do whatever you want just to come back and instantly be forgiven. That led to a huge CM Punk chat. They show a guy in the audience where he's like this, sitting up going, CM Punk! CM Punk! CM Losing his mind. Chatting for CM Punk. Who was not on the show tonight, but will be on SmackDown Friday and Raw next week. So, he spoke about Seth Rollins just giving Jey Uso a shot at the belt. Just giving Jey a shot at the belt. And spoke about Jey actually apologizing to Randy Orton. McIntyre mocked Jay for tucking his tail between his legs and warned him, time is coming. He said, but tonight, we've got Sammy Zayn. And he does it all weird and crazy like he's the Joker. And then out comes Sammy Zayn. Drew acting a little unhinged, I will say. A little weird and unhinged. So Zayn saw that McIntyre had a lot to say. If he had something to say about him, he wanted to do a face-to-face. McIntyre said that Zayn was the one person in the world who deserves to get screwed by the bloodline. Zayn was part of the bloodline and joined them to get away from McIntyre himself. Zayn screwed them in the end, so what did he expect when they screwed him at, money, or at uh, Elimination Chamber? Zayn said that he thought he had a lot in common with Drew, but he has realized that they're nothing alike. McIntyre was pointing the finger at everybody else. Sammy said, when I lost in front of my friends and family, I stayed hungry. And that led me to a victory in the main event of WrestleMania night one. Zane said, I got my redemption and got to make my family proud. Zane asked McIntyre if he thought he was making his family proud as well. McIntyre didn't like that comment. He called and said, you know what? Let's get a referee out here and just have this match now. The match goes 20 minutes. They gave these guys 10 or so minutes to open the show with the talking and then another 20 minutes for this match that, honestly, I thought was great. I loved this match. So Sammy had a dive early on. Not much happens before we actually go to commercial break. Uh, the heel, Drew McIntyre, because he says he's not a heel, but this bull is a heel, especially what we saw at the end of the show. Uh, he missed a charge and went right into the ring post. Sammy Zayn followed with a show of strength. Hitting a vertical, vertical suplex. Then then followed this up with a tilt-to-world DDT and got a two off of it. McIntyre responded with consecutive suplexes and a neck breaker. Zane tried a slingshot, but McIntyre caught him and flung him over the announce table. He like caught him and was just like looking around. And Cole's like, "I think he's gonna, I think he's gonna do something here, Wade. I think he's gonna throw him on this announce table." And then he just grabs him, spins around, and just woof. 
launches him. Sammy bounces off the announce table and flies into the barricade on the chairs and sitting there. Michael Conway Barrett ran out of the way. We go to a commercial break. After the break, McIntyre had hit a spine buster for a two, followed immediately with an impressive sit-out powerbomb for another two. McIntyre then set her for an avalanche white noise, but Zane countered into a sit-out powerbomb for a two. McIntyre blocked the th blue thunderbomb and headbutted Sammy. McIntyre went for a claymore, but Sammy booted him first and hit a blue thunderbomb for a near fall. Crowd starts chanting, this is awesome. Zane tried a leapfrog, but he landed awkwardly on his leg which he had tweaked earlier, and they kept referencing back to. McIntyre noticed the injury and chop blocked him, which Cole called a compassionless move. What? No, you're trying to beat the fool. The guy's hurt. You target the goddamn injury, Cole. As the referee checked on Zane, though, McIntyre then hit him with a claymore and pinned him to pick up the victory. I thought this was a really good match. The injury stuff didn't really do much for me. Because it's like, oh, you can tell it's not real. Sammy sold it okay, but not that well. Like, he could have done better. And then what they did next was just really bad when we came back to more Sammy and, and Drew later. But yeah, I thought it was a really good match. Just more the metamorphosis of Drew into a full-on heel. Let me go from there. But yeah, I liked this match a lot. Byron Saxon then interviewed Shayna Baszler in the back, who was with Zoe Stark. Talked to her about facing her former partner in Nia Jax. Baszler said that she put Jax on the shelf two years ago. And she was about to uh, break her arm yet again tonight. Also, you can see Nikki Cross just standing in the background. We got a Jay Uso video package where I want to pull up an image from that video package. Let me see if I can find the image really fast. This is interesting. There's some news. Um, I think it was. Let me see if I can find it. I gotta remember who posted it. Because um, according to a new report from WrestleVotes, they can't sell Yeet shirts anymore. Apparently, there's a trademark issue where WWE can no longer sell Yeet. Shirts. Well, let me see if I can find. Can't remember who got the screenshot. Give me one second. Um, it's not that one. Maybe it's this one. Yeah, here it is from Wrestling Ops. Let's read the Wrestle Votes tweet first. I'll pull this up on the screen here. So first off, WrestleVotes had sent out this tweet. As evident on Raw just now, I'm told WWE has found trademark issues with Jay Uso's yeet. The word in merchandising will no longer be associated with Uso going forward. And as we saw here, there was this video package and the yeet was blurred out. Now there were plenty of yeet signs and yeet shirts in the crowd tonight. I will say that yeet. Willie got over with Uso and his fans, but unfortunately, they can't yew it anymore. They can't yeet no mo, Which really stinks, because they had found something good for Jay. He had a catchphrase. He had a little thing. It's like, yeet, 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 But it stinks. It stinks that they can't do it no more. 
So we get a video package just hyping up Jay Uso for his big title match tonight. Spoke about Jimmy Uso, the man he loved the most, costing him the Universal Championship. After that, he had to walk away from the business and had to be convinced back to do so after getting a call from Cody Rhodes. Rhodes told him he couldn't quit, and it was time to start fresh and create his own legacy. He talked about how it used to be me and the bloodline. It used to be me and Jimmy. It used to be the Usos. But before all of that, before signing with WWE, before F or before FCW, before signing with WWE, before training to be a wrestler, it was just me. That's how I'm approved tonight. He said he's been fighting with others his entire life, but now he was fighting for a legacy. Jay knew what Seth Rollins was all about, but Rollins was about to find out just how hungry he himself was. He would prove to the world, to his family, and to himself why he is called main event Jay Uso. Again, Jay has been knocking it out of the park, just killing it as a singles guy. Never thought I'd see it. Never thought that I would see a Uso as a top single star. Always thought that the Usos would be top guys, but never top singles guys. Again, Jimmy, not going to be a singles Big single star. I'm going to say right now. I think Jay is a thousand times better than Jimmy. Jimmy's still great. But if Jimmy is on this level, Jay's up here off the screen. Jay's that much, in my opinion, better than Jimmy. And they saw it. They see it. They know it. So. um, Oh, I can't remember her. What's her name? Redman. What's her first name? Jackie Redman. Jackie Redman was like, Sami Zayn is being checked on by our medical team. We're going to try and get a word. They're in a random just area in the back. They're not in like the trainer's room. They're not in the locker room. No, nothing. They're just in a random spot in the back. And then all of a sudden you hear, and in comes Drew McIntyre barreling in, beats the goddamn piss out of Sami Zayn, jumps him, Beats them all to hell and leaves them laying before officials and security and referees and everybody come to break it all up. Jay then, we see, is checking on Sammy after a break. So, yeah. Weird that Sammy wasn't in the trainer's room being checked on. Easily could have had this all avoided if they would have brought him to the trainer's room. Byron Saxon was interviewing Becky Lynch, but Jack, uh, Jax, Nia Jax, would interrupt. Jax wondered who Lynch was talking about in her promo last week. About having upcoming battles and fights she wants to take care of. And she goes, well, honestly. And well, first off, Nia said, I hope one of them is me. And uh, Becky goes, well, honestly, you're the first one I want to fight. In fact, I still owe you a receipt. And Nia's like, a receipt? Oh, okay. Jax said that she would be all hers when she's done squashing Shayna Baszler. And we did get a 12-minute match with Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax. Baszler targeted Jax's arm, but Jax tripped her on the apron and hit a leg drop. Baszler then fought out of a rest hold after a break. And there is a huge graphic on the screen that said we will see Cody Rhodes later on tonight. Like, so big that I had to write about it because it was kind of distracting. Not in their normal, like, Bottom corner, lower third kind of thing. It was like, took up like a good chunk of the screen. Like, my hands, this side of the thing. I can't figure it out. It's like, 
Oh, you can't see that. Anyways, it was like from say like this. Usually they're like this tall, and they go like that kinda. But this one was like bigger for some reason. It felt like it was like up almost halfway on the screen, and then like angled down kinda with the, the design. Anyways, it just seemed bigger for some reason. Maybe I was just not looking at it right. I don't know. So where was I? Uh, Jacks squished her head in the ring post at one point and hit a hip attack. Jacks then cut Baszler off from a comeback attempt and hit a Samoan drop. Baszler avoided a hip attack and drove Jacks into the bottom turnbuckle and hit a running knee strike for a two. Jacks cut her off again and hit a senton for a near fall. With Jacks perched on the second rope, though, Baszler brought her down with a German suplex. Crowd didn't even really react, which sucked because it's like pulling Naya or anybody really off of the second rope as hard as she did. Like she yanked her. Yanked her. Baszler then applied the Karafuda clutch, but Jax got to her feet, fell backwards onto Baszler. Jackson dragged her into the corner, hit the annihilate her, and pinned her to pick up the victory. So there we go. Nia Jax wins the match with Becky Lynch, then coming out afterwards. Becky jumps in the ring. Nia jumps out of the ring. Becky yells at Nia, and Nia walks off like, I'm not going to deal with you right now. So there we go. There we go. So then we get the same video we've seen for the last week. They played the return of CM Punk, and we had some living color playing. And um, showed a bunch of clips of people and live streamers and whatnot giving their reactions to the Punk return. Which, oh boy, if my camera was on when Punk returned, if you could have saw my reaction, whew, you probably used it. Like, I flipped out and almost threw my chair. Just going to say it. Just going to say it. They said that Punk is a free agent and will be on SmackDown Friday. As we learn later, Adam Pearson, uh, Nick Aldis are trying to sign Punk to a brand. So Punk is going to get placed on a brand apparently, maybe. Because they said later, Nick Aldis was like, yeah, I just want to let you know, Seth, I've invited Punk to come back next week because I'm going to try and sign him. So we'll see. SmackDown got Randy, so I feel like maybe Raw should get Punk for now. Because what they could do, honestly... It's Raw gets Punk for now. Then after WrestleMania, you do a draft and Punk goes to SmackDown. That's how you get to Punk and Roman. Scannis Ray and Indy Hartwell wish Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa luck in their upcoming match. And then it was funny. We hear something and then they all go. Like, fall in position when Imperium walks up, which is super funny. Giovanni Vinci and Ludwig Kaiser showed up and called them a lovely couple of losers. Lorraine Hartwell mocked them and said they better impress Gunta later on tonight. After DIY left, Kaiser then stressed the importance to Vinci. Don't make me look bad. He slapped him on the chest. Vinci then slaps him on the back and says, I hope you do the same. So there's dissension. Between Kaiser and Vinci, which is like, I don't like this. I want Imperium all on the same page, going forward, doing great things. I want Imperium to eventually win them tag titles, and it doesn't look like that's going to happen. Then we got a two out of three falls match. It was Imperium's Ludwig Kaiser and Giovanni Vinci against DIY Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa. I'm going to say it right now. Tell me the last time a WWE two out of three falls match went two falls only. Two falls only. 
Was it like, I think there was a FTR match or, or the Revival match in NXT that only went to two falls once that they won. But I can't remember who it was against. Maybe Alpha Academy, maybe DIY. I can't remember. Regardless, that was a long last time ago. So it's been a while, at least that I can remember, that there was a two out of three falls match in WWE that didn't go all three falls. This match itself goes 15 minutes. DIY set up Kaiser in for a set up Kaiser for a meet in the middle, but Vinci saved him by yanking Gargano out of the ring. Kaiser then schoolboy Champa while holding the tights to win the first fall. Four minutes and 38 seconds. Gargano and Champa then wiped out Vinci and Kaiser with some dives. DIY then did the same thing where they sit on the announce table and gave themselves a round of applause and a pat on the back. Even though they had just lost the first fall. The celebration ran short though because Imperium was back in control following a commercial break. Imperium went for a double team move, but Ciampa, Ciampa blocked Kaiser. And then there was some distraction that allowed Gargano to roll up Vinci. Kaiser tried to run back in the ring. Ciampa held him back just long and farther enough away where he couldn't break the hold. So that was at the 10 minute, 12 second mark. Kaiser then hit Gargano with a final roll or Finley roll, I mean. And Vinci followed this up with an impressive double springboard moonsault for a two. This led to everyone trading big strikes until Gargano planted Vinci with a DDT. The crowd gave them a round of applause. Ciampa then hit Kaiser with an air raid crash and DIY set up for the meet in the middle. But again, Vinci saved Kaiser. Kaiser tried rolling up Gargano while holding the tights again, but Gargano kicked out. DIY then took turns kicking Kaiser before hitting the meet in the middle and pinning him to pick up the victory. We know that Kaiser's the one that lost, but he's going to blame Vinci and say, where were you to save me? Where were you to save me? Uh, the Creed brothers are shown warming up doing squats backstage with members of New Day on their shoulders. They're really trying to get over how powerful these guys are. Honestly, I think they might be trying to build up Julius Creed as like their new Cesaro, big, powerful guy that just does super impressive power spots. Julius and Brutus told the New Day that they were feeling good about their upcoming match against the Judgment Day. Or actually, I should say matches. This, they had one tonight with Dom and JD, and then they also still have a tag title match coming up as well. Alpha Academy then showed up, and Chad Gable offered to show them some tips. The Creed's politely declined and said they'll stick to their own methods. Akira Tozawa was about to do his dance, but Maxine placed him uh, placed him on her shoulders, and she did some squats as well. Gave me some uh, Chris Statlander vibes. Um, that's weird. I wrote the same thing twice. No, no, the this uh that paragraph that I just read. I got duplicated in my notes. That's weird. So our truth was once again seen in Judgment Day's clubhouse. Damian Priest was annoyed and wanted him to leave. Truth thought that he was talking to JD McDonough, so he told McDonough to leave. McDonough was pissed and demanded Truth leave. He's like, you want him to go, right? Like he, he double checked with Priest before trying to like give orders because he knows he ain't the guy that gives orders in the Judgment Day. Truth said that they should tighten up security, and then he left. God, I've missed our truth so bad. God, our killing. Ron Killings is so good. 
Priest was sick of McIntyre. But Dominic reminded him that Rhea Ripley told them not to touch Drew. Priest didn't care and noted that Ripley and Finn weren't even here tonight. And the crowd, you can hear, go, oh, they didn't give mommy. No mommy, no Finn. Not sure why, though. Priest said that he was in charge tonight and told them to handle the creeds. Then we had a tag team match. It went just short of five minutes. It was Caden Carter and Katana Chance against Natalia and Tegan Knox. We also had the women's tag champs on commentary. Natalia tagged, tagged in after a minute or so and tried to disc his clothesline, but Chance ducked and hit a code breaker. Chance and Carter then tried some double team on Natalia, but Natalia powerbombed both of them off the ropes. Carter blocked a suplex and hit a superkick. Carter and Chance then hit their double team keg stain and got the pinfall victory. It was a nothing happening match. This was one of the low spots of the show. I really couldn't care less. I just couldn't care less about this match. I mean, honestly, Chelsea Green was great on commentary. I'll say that. Cole was also confused why they were happy about the winners because that means that they're one step closer to challenging them for the titles. So we then have a Cody Rhodes Shinsuke Nakamura segment. Cody Rhodes comes down to the ring in gear because he didn't know if he was going to have to fight Nakamura tonight or not. He also didn't start with this, what do you want to talk about? He was a very hyper-focused, very one-lane Cody on purpose. He's like, I got attacked last week. You spit that mist in my face. I'm pissed. I'm not out here to suffice the fans. I'm not out here to cut a good promo. I'm not out here to pop you guys. I'm out here to tell Nakamura that I want his ass. That's what this was. Rose said that the, the first time he encountered Poison Mist was when he was a child, and it terrified him when he'd see him done by the great Muda. After having seen it up up close last week for the first time, he realized his fears as a child were justified. However, it was his own fault for not paying attention to the clues being dropped by Nakamura. He was focused on his greater aspirations, including the Royal Rumble. Nakamura had his attention now, though, and Cody was ready for anything. Rhodes then invited Nakamura to emerge in the rings, come out of the shadows and explain yourself. Or just come down to the ring and let's fight. Nakamura then appeared well on the screen. Nakamura said that he made Rhodes, made Rhodes' eyes burn last week, but tonight he would open them. He would show Rhodes what he wasn't seeing. The path they've taken is the same story. Clips aired of both men winning the Royal Rumble, only to fall short at WrestleMania. Rhodes to Reigns, Nakamura to Styles. Nakamura said that they've suffered the same humiliation. And we're left with pages unwritten. The devil in Rhodes was the was what he could never make back. Rhodes has been awoken. Rhodes has awoken Nakamura, who was unburdened by himself, and he wants to take the story of Cody's hands. Basically, he says that he wants his story of winning a world title at WrestleMania now. Nakamura said, "I never got to finish my story, and neither will you." They go back to Rhodes, who said their stories weren't the same, even if they were on similar paths. Rhodes wouldn't respect Nakamura unless he faced him in the ring. If Nakamura thought that he was the same, then prove it. And that's how the segment ended. Yeah, not bad. 
not a bad segment, but it's like I like these Nakamura videos where they dub it with the not dub it, but they caption it and he speaks in English and Japanese. But for something like this now, when you're in a feud, an actual feud like this, doing it once, doing it twice, okay. They can do this again. It's got to be. I mean, you know, we're getting the match next week, but if they weren't, it had to have been a face-to-face thing. We had to eventually get the face-to-face. We're not. We're just going to get the match itself. So it's like, these videos are fine if you don't also have the challenger in the ring, in my opinion. I'm not saying I didn't like this. It, it worked. But you really want to see those two face-to-face in the same ring talking it out. Jey Uso asked Adam Pierce on an update for, of Sami Zayn and asked how Zayn's doing. Pierce says he was still being evaluated. Where? Out in the open to get his ass beat again? Jay then threatened to go after McIntyre, but Pierce reminded him, hey, you got bigger aspirations. You got bigger things to focus on. Main event tonight. Jay was like, I'm well aware. And I'm pumped for that match. Gunther then approached and was like, hey, I need to talk to you. I have some ideas. So I don't know what this is leading to. Hopefully we're not getting another tournament. But we got a U.S. title number one contenders tournament on SmackDown. We don't need one on Raw. Now, if they want to do some sort of battle royal, or they want to do a gauntlet match, or he's just asking uh, Pierce if he can be in the Rumble, cool. But we don't need a tournament to crown his next challenger if that's what this is about. Like I said, maybe do a, a battle royal, maybe do a gauntlet match, some sort of turmoil thing, and we go from there. Speaking of tag team turmoil, the winners of tag team turmoil, the number one contenders for the undisputed WWE Tag Team Championships, the Creed Brothers. Took on two members of Judgment Day tonight, J.D. McDonough and the NXT North American Champion, Dominic Mysterio, and a match that went just short of 11 minutes. I thought this match was really good. Brutus did squats with Dom, and then hit him with a delayed vertical suplex, and the crowd began cheering when our truth came out. Truth made his way out to the ring and tried to join Judgment Day at ringside. They were in Albany, New York, and he was holding a Buffalo Bills WWE Championship. Dom shoved Julius off the apron at one point, and McDonough wiped out both Creeds with a dive. Excuse me, we go to a break. Coming back from the break, Dom hit the three amigos, but Brutus countered and hit a suplex of his own. Julius tagged in and handed out several overhead suplexes to both men. He kipped up after each one. The crowd got into that. Dom yanked Brutus off the apron as McDonough dropped Julius on his head with a poison rana. Dom then hit Julius with a 619 for a two. Brutus then pounced Dom over the announce table moments before the Creeds hit a combo Brutus ball and on McDonough and pinned him to pick up the victory. Really good match, but for some reason, it felt like, okay, there could have been a little more. I liked the match, though. I thought it was really good. So Adam Pierce was going, he walked up, walked up to Seth Rollins. He was like, hey, I, I want to let you know something. I'm inviting CM Punk to come to the show next week because I want to assign him to an exclusive deal for Monday Night Raw. I want him here on the Raw brand, and I just wanted to give you a heads up and the courtesy of knowing all of this. Rollins laughed and said, I don't care. Do whatever. Rollins said that Pierce had to do his own business. But when it blows up in his face, stay out of my way, he said. Basically, basically they're kind of playing off the fact that Punk can cause problems for a locker room, which is an interesting thing to bring up. Because when he says, okay, bring, maybe, maybe. I think that's what they're teasing. 
They could be two different things. It could be two different things that they're teasing here. It could be them teasing sign punk and see what happens to the locker room or sign punk. And if he says one thing I don't like, I'm going to come down there and interrupt and disrupt. So it could be one of those two things. But if, if Seth was doing the whole, hey, just watch out what you wish for. You want punk, but punk can cause problems. That'd be an interesting thing to weave into storyline. So Jay then approached Rollins and said, I've been waiting 15 years for this opportunity. And now I'm looking to become the next world heavyweight champion. Rollins says that he's going to stomp Jay's head in the first chance he got. And Jay said, well, I'm going to kick yours off the first chance I get. And then they were both kind of just like, yeah, we're going to both bring it. And they bumped fists. Well, this is weird because they keep playing. They kept playing up all night. that This is the biggest match of Jay's career. Biggest match of Jay's career. Was the SummerSlam match with Roman for the Undisputed title not a bigger ma match? Not a bigger deal? That's my question. They kept playing up that this match was the biggest match of Jey Uso's career. Yet I feel that challenging Roman Reigns in the main event of SummerSlam for the Undisputed WWE Heavyweight Championship was a bigger deal, more important match. So it's like, yeah, you lost that. But I still feel like that was a more important thing in Jay's career. This would be maybe two or three. It was like maybe winning their last tag titles was important. Or, yeah. No, actually, the most important match. I think the most important match of Jay's career was actually when they beat the New Day right before to retain the tag titles before beating the New Day's record of a longest reigning. I think that's the most important in his in his career because that set a record for him as a tag team champion. But if we're saying just singles-wise, the Roman match again is at the top. The priest asked McDonough and Dom what the hell happened. McDonough blamed it on Truth being out there in a Ripley shirt. Dom warned Priest that the Creeds, they're pretty legit. McDonough was confident in Priest and Balor, though. He'd agree with Dom's sentiment. Creed's like, all right, cool, I understand. You can then see Gunther kind of like maybe talking down a little to Kaiser. As far as next week's Raw does go, two things have been announced. A, CM Punk will be on the show, and B, Cody Rhodes will take on Shinsuke Nakamura. Tulsa tonight was an emotional one for Jey Uso as Jey was coming to the ring. He said 14 years ago today, two things happened. His uncle Umaga passed away and, well, signed his first WWE contract. But tonight, this match was um, dedicated to his uncle Eddie Umaga, Eddie Fatu. So I thought this match was so good. This match was great. This match was awesome. This was the perfect Raw main event. Like this match, bumped, as they say. So the two were fighting for a good while, and then about three minutes or so in, we go to a commercial break. We come back. And where was I? We come back, and Jay came back with a pop-up neck breaker for a two and a lion salt for a two as well at one point. No, Rollins hit the lion salt, and then Jay made a comeback with a pop-up neck breaker. Each got a two off of those. Rollins then set it for a powerbomb into the barricade, and Jay blocked into a DDT on the outside. They exchanged strikes after a break. 
Rollins hit a suicide dive, but Jay fought back and hit one of his own. They both went down after Rollins, uh, after colliding with crossbodies. Crowd starts chanting, yeet, yeet, and for CM Punk. Jay followed with an enziguri and a running hip attack, but Rollins followed with a sling blade and a frog splash for a two. Rollins hit a super kick, but Jay hit two super kicks and an Uso splash for a near fall. Rollins followed this up with a super kick into a falcon arrow for a two. Rollins followed this immediately with a pedigree for a near fall. Jay then followed this up with a spear for a near fall of his own. Jay then went for another spear, but Rollins kicked him and hit a buckle bomb. Rollins seemed to be going for the stomp, but Jay speared him and hit another Uso splash for a very close near fall that got a holy shit chant. Jay then hit a super kick and tried another spear, but Rollins countered into a pedigree. Rollins then followed this up the curb stomp and picked up the pinfall victory. Here's my thing. I don't know how much I like Jay using that spear. It's Roman's move. If he wants to be his own guy, why is he doing the spear? Again, it's Roman's move. We don't need you doing the spear, making us think, hmm, bloodline still kinda? I, I'm just not a fan of him using the spear. I also want to thank, thank uh, Esports Gaming Rules 316 for subscribing on Twitch with a tier one subscription. He says, WWE may have teased Okada because of the rumors. No. I know what the rumors are. Okada's contract is up in February at the end of January. WWE wants him. But just because at one point in a video, Nakamura had said, I will bring the chaos, doesn't mean that was an Okada tease. Because for all we know, Okada may not even want to go to WWE. Legally, WWE can't even talk to Okada right now. So, the Okada news from Sports Illustrated is true. That his contract expires at the end of January. But the rumors that Nakamura's chaos line was teasing Okada is not true. It's just coincidence. So, after the main event, Jay and Rollins shook hands. As Jay was hunched over outside the ring catching his breath, McIntyre, wearing a hoodie, flew in and dropped him with a claymore. Rollins tried to dive, but McIntyre caught him and suplexed him. McIntyre then slammed Jay on the announce table as the crowd booed. McIntyre grabbed Jay by the head and told him that the truth would set him free. And he said that as well, I forgot to mention it, right after the Sammy match. So he beat Sammy, he pins Sammy, he rolls to the ropes, looks right into the camera and says, the truth will set you free. And then leaves the match. And then he said it again tonight, which is very interesting. And then Cole ended the show. There's this good closing angle. And Cole tried to kind of, eh, by saying, Drew McIntyre is a bad dude with issues. I don't know if we needed the line, but... I'm liking all of this. We're going to get that big Drew J match. We've seen it before, but I think now you got to add some steps. Maybe no DQ. Maybe put a cage out there. Maybe do them in Hell in a Cell or something or Royal Rumble. I don't know. Long time till Royal Rumble, though. But that was Raw. I thought it was a really good show. I really liked the show. I appreciated that it didn't feel like a long three-hour show. It felt like a normal Monday Night Raw that wasn't long. But with that, what did you think? Let's throw up this poll really fast. I liked it. It was all right. I didn't like it. 
The Twitch poll is live. We'll go check the other polls really fast while you guys vote in that. Remember, after this, I will be live. Twitch.tv forward slash Timmy Buddy playing some of the new season of Fortnite. And again, that's Twitch.tv forward slash Timmy Buddy. But let's check the polls really fast. Fifty-four percent on Twitch or X liked the show. Forty-one percent thought it was just all right, and three percent didn't like it. Also, to mention, check out SE Scoops and Brass Ring Media over on Twitter. They're doing a giveaway if you live in the Chicago area or if you want to fly into Chicago for a um, early. Um, I'll just pull the tweet up really fast. This is a cool thing these guys are doing. Let's pull this up really quick. I said, attention, Chicago wrestling fans. We are giving away passes to a free screening of Iron Claw on Wednesday night. Just got to do three things to enter. Retweet this. Follow Brass Ring Media and follow SE Scoops. So yeah, if you live in Chicago or near Chicago and want to go and try to win these tickets, check them out. Check them out. SE Scoops, Brass Ring Media, they're great guys. Interacted with them a little bit. Yeah. Go check all of that out. As far as the YouTube community poll does go, 78% liked the show. 16% thought it was just all right. And 5% didn't like it. Looking over here at the comments, this person says, I liked it more than I like it. Love the episode of Monday Night Raw for tonight. Uh, they just kept on saying the same thing. Uh, absolutely awesome. This is PWU is. Oh, thank you. Uh, thoughts on who would win the women's and men's Royal Rumble? Men's is probably Cody. Women's mm, Becky. Someone says, now that's what I'm talking about. Eight out of ten. Person says, I liked it. This person says, ten out of ten. Person says, thought it was great. Wow, that's someone that comments. Usually kind of meh. Uh, this person says, I felt bored watching Raw tonight. For me, I felt it felt flat. The only good matches were the Creeds versus the Judgment Day in the main event. I mean, you didn't like that opener? Was Sammy and Drew? Person said 6 out of 10. And I think this is a, a troll tweet or comment, but I'll read it anyway. Boring, no CM Punk. As far as the YouTube live poll does go, 78% liked the show. 18% thought it was just all right. And 3% didn't like it. As far as the Twitch poll, everybody that voted liked the show. With that, guys, that is going to wrap everything up. I want to say thank you for joining us here. Twitch.tv forward slash PW Unlimited. YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. And podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. With that, remember, I will be live here in just a little bit. Twitch.tv forward slash Timmy Buddy. Checking out that new season of Fortnite. New underground season. I'm hearing some great things about it. Maybe I'll try to get Bangs to play with me. If you're still here, because I saw you in the live chat earlier, Bangs, let me know if you want to join. Just hit me up on twi Twitter. I'll send you a message, too. But with that, have a great night. Have a great rest of your week. The week just started, and I'll see you next time. Have a good one, guys.